Hi, this is Deadeye Dave welcoming you to the Real Blood Podcast Network. Each Saturday, you will hear a new episode of either Reasonably Real, which is our general movie podcast, or The Cast That Drips Blood, which is our horror-focused show. On Monday, we have Reasonably Newsworthy, which is our new show where we talk about the releases that you might be interested in on DVD Tuesday. We have a rotating cast of hosts, and we definitely aren't afraid to chat. So kick back, relax, and enjoy the show. Don't forget to follow us on our Facebook page in the show description and our letterbox profiles as well. If you are interested in supporting the show, telling your friends about us is the best way to make the show expand. If you are interested in supporting us monetarily, our podcasting host Anchor allows you to do that through their website, and every dollar is appreciated, but never expected. Thank you so much for your continued support, and enjoy the show. Welcome to the cast that drips blood. This is one of your hosts, Dead Eye Dave, and joining with me today, actually across the table, is Maniac Mike and Jigsaw Jody, and that will be the order that we're going. How are you doing, Maniac Mike? Doing good. Excellent. Happy to have Jigsaw Jody with us today. Mm-hmm. He made his cross-country trek through the wilderness. He ran the entire way. Yes. Through the cornfields of Illinois. <laughs> yeah. He brought his hearing aid, his amplifier, and his shotgun and braved the wilderness he was very, very quiet on his way here. Mm. The whole way through, that'd be a long trip. <laughs> that would be a long trip. A real long trip. <laughs> and if you can't tell today, we're going to talk about A Quiet Place 2. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to be talking about it. And then probably briefly uh, discussing our thoughts on the original movie, if they've changed or anything like that as well. Um, but before we do that, Maniac Mike, what have you been watching? I've got a few movies in this week. Uh, I went back and caught up on Maniac Cop 1 on the last drive-in. Um, and my thoughts haven't changed on that movie since we did our Maniac Cop uh, episode here mm-hmm. a year or two ago now. Uh, it's been a little while back, so go yeah. back and listen to that if you want our full thoughts on the Maniac Cop trilogy. But um, my thoughts haven't changed much. I think it's a pretty good police procedural. Um I think it does show some range by Bruce Campbell Mm -hmm. and what he's able to do because, you know, obviously he's known for the splatter stuff. And in this movie, he's actually a a really good actor. You know, Mm -hmm. you you get to see some feeling and and thought behind what he's doing. Uh, And the the, the movie's solid. Uh, And Cordell is still a a very good villain. And and there's actually a little bit of a a mix of villains in the first one. Yeah. Yeah. or no, sorry, that's the second one, isn't it? Yeah, it kind of gets the yeah. the as the series goes on, the the waters kind of muddy. Yeah, I'm just thinking of the second ones where they. But they're, they're all such a direct continuation; it's kind of hard to yeah. differentiate um, them. They're all kind of a whole. You know, but I still really enjoy it. I still give that one a seven out of ten. I do say it's worth a watch. Uh, and as far as the Joe Bob segments go, um, the interview with Bruce Campbell was uh, pretty entertaining, pretty funny. Um, and there was, uh, some good insight, uh, by both of them on kind of just the history of horror. Um, the next movie I watched, uh, I watched a favorite of mine, um, 2011 directed by Ty West, the innkeepers, uh, the, the setting and atmosphere in this movie just draw me in and I'm down for it. The, mm-hmm. the kind of run down old hotel in, you know, new England somewhere. It's, it, it just speaks to me. Uh, kind of like lighthouses do go. for you. Yeah, I, I know. I know where you can go to get this similar atmosphere. Where's that? 
A couple places in Bonterre come to mind. Oh, no, we're not going there. Uh, there's, there's presumably no meth or heroin in these hotels. Uh, uh, just so, ghosts. Yeah, just ghosts. I can deal with ghosts. Yeah, I can deal with uh, ghosts. That's I fine know. with me. Uh, I, I can hide underneath my blankets from them. Yeah. Um, but not from black tar heroin is what you're no. saying. <laughs> but uh, the innkeepers, it's really good. And what I really like about this is our two main characters uh, Sarah Paxton and mm-hmm. Pat Healy, they are so likable and relatable. Um, I, I love the two, and they make a great duo in this film. Yeah. And uh, the ending is kind of really where this film takes off. It. Some people call this slow and boring and monotonous. I do not. I love this movie. Uh, I give The Innkeepers an 8 out of 10, and I say it's a must-watch for horror fans. Uh, and hopefully we can do a, a podcast episode of Hotels of Horror. That'd be a cool episode. For so, sure. I thought you were going to say a Ty West retrospective, which I, I think would be cool too. I'm done for that too. But, but, uh, but Hotels of Horror sounds cool too, because yeah. I, I love hotels as well. I love the, the setting for a, hor- a yeah. horror film. I think it works really well. Because there's the element of the unknown, you know, any time yep. you check in at a place, you're yep, not... because it's not yours. Yeah, it's not yours. You don't know who's been before you, you know. There's always that concern, you yep. know. You, you always have the concern of, did they really clean this place, mm-hmm. you know, type deal. I mean, unless you're maybe not like me, but that's definitely a concern. <laughs> yep. But, yeah, I hear you. So, uh, that, that's an 8 out of 10. It's a must-watch uh, for horror fans, I, I believe. Uh, the next one that I'll talk about is Train to Busan. Uh, Joe Bob featured this this past Friday night. He did. Uh, we sat down kind of as a group and watched this movie, and uh, Train to Busan is a classic. Um, so much action, emotion, um, you know, uh, terrifying sequences, the, the tension. It is a 10 out of 10. It is a must-see. Um, and not just for horror fans. I think uh, mainstream fans can really dig into this movie as well. Yeah, I agree with that um, one. That one, that one seems to be one of those crowd pleasers. Like you can tell anybody who's like, "I want a good scary movie." Okay, you can yeah. watch Train to Busan. <laughs> um, and then last night we kind of sat down and watched Army of the Dead again. And my thoughts haven't changed. If you want to hear my full thoughts, listen to last weekend's podcast. Uh, it's it's a seven out of ten. It's a ton of fun. Uh, it's a great crowd pleaser and. Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we tested that that one pretty quick, you know, yep. and we got we got exactly what we hoped for. Everyone was locked in on that one. We yep. had a bunch of people. There was, a, I mean, even with the Toronto game, I think me and Dad were paying more attention to the the movie, and I'd already seen it, yep. you know, a couple of days ago. So, but yeah, it uh, it's a good movie. And then today, of course, we watched uh, a Quiet Place too. So stay tuned to hear our thoughts on that. So Jody, what have you been watching? Thank you, thank you. Uh, starting out this week, I watched, before it left Shudder, the original Howling, which I hadn't seen in many, many, many years. Maybe even like 20 plus years. Um, you know, I like that one. Dee Wallace, you know, big fan of hers. Um, gave that an 8 out of 10, and then it got me looking. And I'm going to go on record and say that that's probably the only good movie of that series. There might be some fun ones. I haven't seen all of them, but... You need to watch Marsupials. Part 3? That's something. I, I yeah. mean, I, I actually like all of them because they're, they're pretty rough. Uh, my Sister's a Werewolf is something to behold. Yeah, um, I have seen I have seen that one, yeah. Uh, it's, it's not any good, but I do like it. 
That's and that's the one that has the end credit scene where she's just ripping her top off over and over, right? Yep, yep. that sure okay. is. <laughs> yeah. So that's what they had to result to with the sequel is having a woman rip her top off repeatedly. In well, the to be fair, there's quite a bit of content in that in the uh, original film as well. Sure. Um, then I drove up to, I had logged my movies that came out over the weekend. I do it every Friday. Um, there was a movie called Seance and I dismissed it immediately because the poster that I saw, the poster on Letterboxd is actually pretty rad. It's a bunch of hands and then two skeleton hands, but, um, it was for, it looked like something like, uh, you know, an advertisement for a free form. Or something like that. So I just completely dismissed it. It had four teenage girls on it. And just seance. Um, but then I caught a conversation on a discussion board saying that it's a masked slasher whodunit style like Scream. And it's by Simon Barrett who wrote The Guest and You're Next. And a lot of Adam Wingard stuff he's the writer of. So... I thought, well, there's no way this is probably playing near me, but sure enough, it was playing 50 minutes from my house up into the Detroit area. So I drove up there on a whim to a brand new theater that I had never been to before. Um, I think it opened last year, right before pandemic. So I'm glad mm-hmm. that it's I'm glad that it survived that. Um, yeah. yeah, it's just a brand like brand new, all brand new seats, heated recliner seats. Um, yeah, it's a really cool theater. But and then I, that. I give that a 9 out of 10. It's my favorite movie of this year. I want to watch this one. It's, I, mean, say it's I mean, there's like perhaps some best movies or better movies this year, but like this is my favorite movie, easily. So mm-hmm. I, I've always been a fan of Masked Slasher movies with the whodunit element. It was almost, not quite, but it was almost a jallo. It felt like a jallo because it's a, at a all-girls school. And which is a common setting for Jalo films or, or like all girl mm-hmm. academies and things like that. So it just felt like an homage to Jalo. I hate to say that though, because I don't think that's what they were going for, but. Um, it, it may have been. It, I mean, it, I wouldn't be surprised if that's kind of what they were going with. But it was uh, made by RLJE and it's coming to Shutter. But right now it's in limited theaters and on demand. Excellent. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. I really watched that one. Liked it a ton. Um, also, it felt like a. And this is my bag, definitely. Fear Street, Christopher Pike, Point Thrillers, like, lifted right off from page to screen. It felt exactly like that, plus a jello. Um, a friend of mine wanted to watch Psycho Goreman, so I rewatched that. I haven't really changed my <laughs> thoughts on that. Uh, another movie that was leaving Shutter that I put on was called Haunting of Julia, or it's known as Full Circle, uh, or also The Changeling. Because it's, it's I similar. Yeah, I felt it was pretty the same movie. Um, but but to be fair, Full Circle did come out first in Europe. I, I seriously doubt they'd seen each other. It was just kind of the way that, yeah. that the movie industry was kind of going at that time. But yeah, there's definitely similarities between them. Yeah, it came out in Europe as Full Circle. And then uh, four years later, it came out in the States after The Changeling had been released in the States. And they released it a year later after the Changeling and called it The Haunting of Julia. But the European and original title is called Full Circle. Cinema Club Week 2, we went and saw Cruella. That was a lot of fun. Um, Not much to say about it. It was just a lot of fun. Uh, You won't go wrong to see it or even seeing it in theaters or if you have a family renting it on your Disney Plus, either way. But obviously theater is going to give you the best experience. Rewatched A Quiet Place. That hasn't changed. That's still a 10 for me. 
Uh, the one thing that I can say is that I felt like the CGI was maybe like 10% degraded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. So, but, uh, you know, it looked really good a couple years ago, but now it's like, oh, okay. Kind of, kind of looks like, sometimes they remind me of Venom, the mm-hmm. creatures. Um, yeah, it's, it's always going to be the problem with, with CGI heavy movies. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I always say is you immediately date your film. Yeah. Like, no matter how good that CGI is, 10 years from now, it's going to look either different or whatever, but we are hitting a point where I'll be interested to see 10 years from now what will CGI look like, how much better can it get, in a way, which I'll kind of get to, actually, in a review of the movie. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I hear you for sure. We Then uh, that brings us to the Train to Busan screening we had Friday night, and also I watched the documentary, it's four episodes, The Sons of Sam, A Descent into Darkness. I gave that a 7 out of 10. It kept my interest the whole time, but... It delves, like, I would say maybe two episodes of facts and then two episodes of speculations that's never resolved satisfactorily. Like, just like what could what could be. What could have been. Yeah, so it's, it, it, while it was good, and it was definitely a good, you know, like, um, movie to, like, learn some things that you didn't maybe know, but, like, you could also read a Wikipedia article, too. And say four hours. But uh, I gave it a 7 out of 10. I, I liked it. I'm halfway through the uh, Elisa Lamb one, the Haunting of Cecil Hotel or whatever that thing is mm-hmm. called. Uh, and again, I have a feeling that that's going to be the same deal. Because um, the first episode was very interesting about you know the, the searching for Elisa Lamb. And then by the end of the second episode, the kind of the preview of the direction that's going is seems to be a bunch of YouTube people. Which, of course, is you know awesome. But... Um, to be on YouTube and be a YouTuber and all that stuff, but the uh, these particular ones, I just want I just want to make sure I don't say a blanket like YouTubers or or lame or whatever. But no, I don't I don't think they are. But I I don't know. I, I mean, I don't seem to care for the ones that they're showing, and I think Dave's gonna Dave has kind of let me know that it's not gonna get any better. No, it. My, my problem is, like, let the people do their thing, you know? Mm. <laughs> There's people investigating it. <laughs> let them do it. So, I mean, they did help out, actually, in the end, though, and something. Either way, definitely some interesting discussion to be had about the Cecil Hotel. I'm, I want to know your thoughts on it once, it's, once you've completed it. Right on. So that's it for me. What have you been watching, Dave? All right. I uh, started off the week with The Woman in the Window, the new Amy Adams Netflix film. And um, it's what it is. I, I don't have a whole lot to say. It's not real good, not real bad. It feels like if you were going to have the you know, person who's on their phone, the entire film version of a De Palma film, that's what this is. I mean, it really is. I mean, it's, it's for the people that, that don't care who De Palma is or the craft of his films. You get a movie for those people. And I mean, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with it, but... I'll pass. Uh, then I watched The Windmill Massacre. A little bit more up my alley, but about as mediocre. Uh, this was some background entertainment while I watched the Edmonton Oilers get smoked. Uh, so that probably sweetened my feelings on this film a little bit. Um, it was just okay. It was a decent slasher film, but it really had could have been a lot better than it was. Watched 2000 Maniacs from Herschel Gordon Lewis. Uh, the exploitation savant that he was. This is a crazy film. And while I do prefer the 2001 Maniacs remake from the early 2000s, which, man, am I surprised to say that I like a 2000s era film more than a 60s one. 
Um, but, you know, I think there's just better elements to it. But this is still a good film. Definitely ratchets up the tension and uh, does a good job with everything it was going for. Definitely recommend 2000 Maniacs. Uh, follow that up with Moonshine Mountain, which is a not as good film. Another uh, country exploitation movie. And uh, this one's just kind of uh, okay. You know, a lot of singing, a lot of country stuff. And uh, it was not real great. But uh, on something on Shudder that was pretty awesome that I really do recommend is a movie called Skull the Mask. And this was actually previewed um, when they do the trailers between Joe Bob segments on the last week's whenever he did Maniac Cop and Maniac Cop 2. And this one caught my eye. I was like, has this been on Shudder the whole time? And how did I miss it if it was? And then Thursday night, I just saw it on there. And I go, yep, watching it. And uh, to the Unearthed Films kind of fan group, I think they're going to like this. It's really gory, really splatter, um, over the top, doesn't take itself real serious. Um, so I do recommend it. As far as films in that vein, this is one that's pretty good. And, and Mike, I do think you'd like it. And Jody, I don't have a feeling you would, um, if I had to guess. But you know what I get for assuming. Train to Busan is up next. Uh, you know, still a phenomenal film. Uh, Spookies. Uh, whew. He covered that. That was that was definitely something. Train of Basan with the Spookies, a double feature. Oh yeah, that's something. But uh, Train of Basan's an amazing movie. He followed it up with one of the greatest cinematic messes ever been put on to display. Um, in a good way though. I mean, but it's Spookies enjoyable. is literally when people say everything in the kitchen sink, they're talking about Spookies, and that's where it got its start. Because that movie, there it makes no sense. They throw everything at the wall and hope something sticks. And everything really does in the end uh, because it's a good time. But gosh dang, is it a mess. Mm-hmm. Um, it just Your your love for this movie is going to solely depend on your tolerance for how terrible and so random the movie is. But if you're okay with it, you're going to be down for a great special effect showcase that's actually really funny and fun. Otherwise, pass. This movie reminds me a lot... I. I it reminds me of a, a less sleazier and crazier Night of the Demons. Yeah. Because yeah. of the, the setting, you know, kind of the old house and a bunch of people go into it. and It reminds me a lot of a movie that's that's not as well known, but just came out by Vinegar Syndrome as well, called um, Don't Panic. It's very similar in that way. So if you do like Spookies, you should probably check that one out too. But yeah, I, I did enjoy it. And we had a great time watching Army of the Dead on the rewatch. It was fun to watch it after the discussions had happened because, like, Jody and, and Mike were picking out stuff that I hadn't even noticed, you know, during the movie. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's pretty neat. <laughs> so, but other than that, that's really all I've been watching other than, you know, sports and all that good stuff. So since our, what we've been watching was pretty short, I guess we'll just move right into our segment of A Quiet Place. And around the table, Maniac Mike, have your thoughts on the first one really changed? Uh, no. If anything, my thoughts on the first one have gotten better over the years. Yeah. Um, I do agree with Jody that I watched this probably about four months ago or so, uh, and it was on TV, but um, I, I do agree that the CGI, and I even kind of noticed it when it first came out, was just a little bit behind the times. Uh, and it's even a little bit more noticeable now. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing, it, there, there's a scene in that film that I will never forget. 
Um, and that is a scene with the dad towards the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just so much raw emotion in the scene that it, yeah. it, it can't be... The, the movie's almost known for it at this point uh, to anybody who has watched it and enjoyed it. Um, and so it's a 10 out of 10 film for me. So no, my, my thoughts haven't changed. Yeah, mine haven't really either. I think I was one of the more um, down on it people of the group on this movie. Not that I didn't love it because I actually think it's a really strong film. It's more so that, that I think, and it's an interesting discussion because I think Horror Movie Podcast talked a bit about it um, where the impact may be lost if you don't have kids or that connection. And I feel like that probably is the case with me in these movies. Um, because I can see that because, um, you know, I just don't have any interest in it. Not that I, you know, hate kids or anything, but I just feel like I think to people that, you know, have kids or, you know, cause I didn't even really grow up with a younger brother, Mike, you did, um, you know, kind of have that instinct and I just don't. So, like, I feel like some of the impact has been uh, lost to a degree on that. But I did still think the movie's great. There's absolutely nothing wrong with it. And um, I agree. Actually, the, my feelings on this, the original movie have been pretty well just reinforced over time because it's still a really strong film and has held up incredibly well over time. So, yeah, that, that's about it. And then we're going to go ahead and get into... Then A Quiet Place 2, which is, of course, the sequel that pretty much picks up right after the first one. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Maniac Mike, what were your overall thoughts of this movie? Uh, Overall, I was pleased. I I give this film high marks for, uh, you know, staying true to its roots, but making a few fundamental changes Mm -hmm. as well. Um, And I also really enjoyed, and this is not a spoiler, this is literally the first five minutes of the movie, I enjoyed seeing day one yeah um you know i i liked seeing how where our characters came from in all of this calamity Mm -hmm. um and they even left it a little bit ambiguous as to how it actually started which we haven't talked about that i i don't want to really talk about that (laughs) on here yeah not Um, to avoid spoilers yeah it's a spoiler but there's something that happens in the first few minutes and i'm like huh and, you know, and it's happening during a baseball game to give you guys a clue exactly what I'm talking yeah. about. Um, so it, it, it also, you know, asks or, uh, you know, presents some questions to the audience, you know. Uh, but I do think the acting was slightly better in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, our main character, uh, she was great in the first one. And that uh, uh, Millicent Simmons... Uh, she was yeah. great in the first one, but I really do think she knocked it out of the park in this one. Yeah, she she got a much bigger role in the in this yeah. film. Um, and you know, she carried this film, and she was absolutely amazing in it. Um, and the action is there and more prominent, but sometimes when you add more action, you can take you lose some of the tension. Uh, and this film did do a good job of keeping the tension going through the action scenes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was really happy with that. And so th- that's kind of my my initial thoughts on like the positives of it. So Jody, what about you? Well, for me, if the first one for me was a 10, this one's a 9.5. Mm. 
the day one sequence is outstanding. Mm-hmm. The, my only complaint about it is I wish it were actually a little bit longer. Um, the emotional impact, especially of the, the, the scene that we're referencing in Quiet Place Part 1, is directly carried into Part 2 in the form of the kids mm-hmm. taking on the roles and personality and characteristics of the father character, like mm-hmm. pretty much directly. Um, and they both get really solid, strong character arcs based on that. Basically um, the movie does world building. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the first one's so like, so very isolated and you feel the sense of isolation for the family. But then, you know, when they're forced to, you know, if you've seen the first film, you kind of know what happens at the end of the first film. And, you know, so now they're going to kind of like venture out and the world feels huge. Um, I, I get the feeling that like, you know, they're probably only from where they maybe go like 10 miles at the most or whatever from where yeah. they were originally. But it feels like they're a whole state away. Like, it's, mm-hmm. like, so, so, like, and then it, be, so, like, the isolation that's built in the first film is expanded into vastness, in a way, for the second film. And I thought, I just thought the writing was excellent. Um, all, The whole cast, like, the kids are phenomenal in this. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I am a dad. I do have kids. And, yes, th- that is a huge piece to these films. Um, like you like think about you think about what well what would I do in that situation or what would I have them do what you know how would how would I protect my family how would I you know teach them to protect themselves yeah because I'm sitting there watching it sometimes like man this kid's stupid like there's a couple of scenes in this one and I'm like I uh, <laughs> well <laughs> I don't I, know how I deal with that kid <laughs> I don't have kids or anything like that but even my I do have a high protective instinct, though. Yeah, I wasn't and meaning to dis. Yeah, yeah, I no, 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 no. I, I, I get where you're coming from on that, though. And Jody, I get where you're coming from. I, I don't have kids, but I have a very high protective instinct. Um, and this movie triggers that multiple, multiple times. But well, both of them do. But you know, yeah. I, I get that. You know, uh, my protective instinct. I, I, I want to kind of jump onto the screen and you know take care of this and that and this and that obviously you mm-hmm. can't but it makes me want to do that yeah i i hear you for sure uh, and i agree so i mean if you think my score is a little bit low i understand that's what my technical funnel meter kind of thing but I'll, we'll get into scores later but i just wanted to bring that up as, as an interesting talking yeah. point yeah uh i gave it an eight out of ten so but, um, I mean, my, my thoughts are, I like it, uh, really well. I agree with you on the writing. I think even smarter writing for me here, because while the first one's very direct in what it's building and what it's telling you, mm-hmm. I think this movie did a really smart job of laying out pieces and allowing you to extrapolate knowledge. Cause like the family element that you're talking about, the character arcs aren't obvious in a sense. Like it's actually something you have to pick up on and, you notice it and it just but it just doesn't tell you hey you know these kids do this which means they do this which i think is smart so the movie and builds a world smartly because it's not jumping into it too quick which i mean like cloverfield i think did that where it goes boom you know and dives in uh, which is a reference in the movie 
but either way um <laughs> it's it's just fun and i think it's a really smart sequel it does to me everyone's gonna say i, I have a feeling this one's not as good as the first one i think we're gonna agree with that but i also think that that's obvious in certain yeah. ways it is in certain ways it isn't mm-hmm. yeah that, that's one of those things like, I usually don't like talking about that because it's obvious. Mm-hmm. I mean, frankly, the first one usually catches lightning in a bottle. There's a reason a second one's being made because the first one was successful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So saying the second one isn't better. So let's move on past that because yep. that's irrelevant um, to this movie because it's its own thing. And like you said, it's very different. And I agree with that. And it's uh, got a lot of action, a lot of good parts. The tension, I think, is even better. I think there wasn't quite as many scares, but it's because the movie was more about the tension and the action of the movie in a way. So you don't have as many sudden jump scares as the first one did. Um, but at the same time, there's still plenty of it to keep those going. So My wife jumped at least three to five times. Oh, yeah. Big time. Yeah, I mean, you're going to get your crowd jumping. You're going to get all sorts of stuff. It's the communal theater experience you want. This yep. is a movie made for a theater. I'm glad this didn't get released on VOD because... This is a movie to see in a theater. Luckily, we had a good theater audience who wasn't interruptive at all, really. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was good. But, I mean, to kind of segue into, because I know you said you want to talk about positives first. Negatives, I think me and Mike have the same idea on this one. I do feel like the emotional payoff in this movie is not strong um, to a degree. While I think the writing is strong to build up to it, I think it's the ending that kind of loses its impact. And I don't want to do say anything more than that, but I don't think it's a bad ending. I just think it's a cop-out ending, and I wasn't a huge fan of it. I thought it was just okay, um, but the emotional payoff of the film, I think, suffers because of that. And it lacks that big moment that I think the first one had. Um, because when you're talking about the second one, I don't think you're going to be able to be like this moment really defines the movie like that original one did again i hate to compare the two but that one is pretty glaring because you know mm-hmm. the the first one set that bar so high you know but there's a lot plenty of other things that counterbalance it because i think this is still a strong film yep. um a really strong film i just think that's a bit of a negative and i do feel like the movie might even be too short in a way because the movie it feels like everything was breezed upon because I wanted more room to breathe. And I'm not usually one to ask for longer movies. I like short and I'll take what I can get, you know, of a quiet place. Yeah. Cause I'm totally rad and pumped for a sequel. Yeah, Nine out of 10 times stuff can be 50% better if it's 25% shorter. Yeah. In this case, I think there was some stuff cut out, which I think would have helped the human element because there's things that there's actually a lot that happens in this movie, which Jody touched on in comparison to the first one, because it's there's a lot of stuff built, but it's like, oh, hey, here's the, oh, we're moving on. Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, here's the, uh, oh, uh, we're moving on already. Okay. Oh, wait. Oh, man, it's over. And you're like, okay. You know, it's not a bad thing, and I don't want to knock the film. I'm just saying those are kind of my negatives here that uh, kind of keep this one from being quite as successful as I think it could have been for me. It's seven minutes longer, but it feels shorter from than the first film, for sure. Yeah, and part of it is the suspense, I bet. Yeah, yeah. You know, because it really does keep you on the edge of your seat. Yep. But, Whereas um, the first one's a little bit, it, well, it's not just a little bit, it's very quiet, and mm-hmm. it kind of plods along at a pretty slow pace, which is fine. That's what the movie needed to do. Uh, where this one, it, it does move pretty quickly. 
Yeah. Yeah, it really does. It, it moves along really quick, which, again, like you said, is a good thing. Um, but I think in a way it could have even moved a little bit slower, give us a little bit more to breathe, a little bit more time to kind of work with the characters. Because actually some of the characters do suffer in the film. Because while the, the lead leading lady got a lot of time, that brother, oh, he was an afterthought in this film. Yeah. Like, he was barely in it. The, the times he was in it weren't really relevant. And you're like, okay, I don't care about him. I'm sorry, but I want to see what's going on elsewhere. <laughs> so that's just kind of my thing with it. But um, still really strong film. Overall, I think I give this one a, a 7 out of 10, an 8 on the technical, a 7 on the funnel meter. Uh, still makes this a strong recommendation for me, um, but not quite a, uh, you know, a masterpiece. This probably won't crack my top 10, but I could see that I guarantee you a lot of people will because it was the same way with A Quiet Place 1 for me. Jody, what about you? Do you have any negatives or kind of? I have no negatives. I actually have not, not a single th- negative thing to say about it. Fair enough. Good deal. Absolutely. I, I think Noah Jube the boy was phenomenal in this actually like, like no I don't completely. think he was bad I just don't think he was given anything to work with he, his he whole arc is 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 his brave like his bravery like yeah. like both of their arcs but like you know like Millicent is like the main definitely the main mm-hmm. character um she's a bamf yeah yeah I like her a lot but but like Noah Noah Jube is the actor's name he was in a movie called Honey Boy and he's he's out of this world good um but his, both of their arcs were about like learning to be like their dad and trying to honor their dad and trying to become brave like their dad. So, I, I, I'm not going to disagree. I, I think there may be something I'm missing here, uh, potentially, but, but I, his arc just did not impact me in any way. There was a really cool scene where they were kind of because the the group kind of breaks up into two groups in this mm-hmm. film, and it's flashing back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, and each kind of group is dealing with their own tense situation. Mm-hmm. And I do think that was pretty cool. And I agree with Jody that uh, there's they both do something pretty much at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of hadn't thought about it, you know, of them, both of those two trying to fill the, the father's shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I thought that was a pretty cool way to to make those two scenes kind of mesh, mesh together. Okay. Uh, but I do see... A little bit of David's point too is he was kind of just in the background a lot of the movie mm-hmm. until that that sequence of scenes. And even and even that one I felt was very cinematic in the oh hey he did this so it needs to get resolved and that could have totally been out of the movie and not really I know I know the emotional arc of him would have been changed but the overall story I don't think feel like probably would have so that's my really only beef on that level but. We can agree to disagree. I think on that one, that's that's perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. Um, really, my only negative on this film is they do introduce kind of a, a new character, and I do think they kind of breezed by some of his backstory mm-hmm. a little mm-hmm. bit, and I do think they missed a little bit of an opportunity to have that same emotional climax that the yep. first one had with I him, do. and maybe just a little bit more of his backstory. You know, mm-hmm. give us about 10 minutes of a little bit more uh, environmental storytelling where they're at. We had yeah. just a little bit of environmental yeah. storytelling. They definitely could have done that better. Like yeah. That could have been like, like or like, I don't think they're trying to make a director's cut or anything like this, but, but that could have been in the day one stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that uh, and that's kind of, I guess, 
what I didn't so eloquently say, I think is, is what you've, what you perfectly hit on is I agree with that is that the characters and the things that they reveal, I think breeze by too quickly, which kind of makes them a little bit, you don't care as much about them as the core group of characters mm-hmm. in a way. So you're like, okay, you know, this is neat, but I don't have any reason I should really care about this, this person, you know, other than the movie tells me to. And I don't really want to take away from him because I do think no, his character great. was awesome still great. I, I still really enjoyed him. Um, but that's really my my one knock is I I just think there could have been a little bit more story with him to help us because that male role model figure, there was some big, 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 big shoes to fill. Mm-hmm. And I just he just didn't quite do it. But... You know, thankfully, uh, Millicent kind of stepped in and was like, I'll be your badass. Because she even overtook and Emily Blunt's character. Oh, yeah. Oh, Emily yeah. Blunt's character was really there to be, like, there and keep the story moving. I don't have a problem with the way she was portrayed. Because really, the first one, in a lot of ways, was her movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So this one, she takes a bit of a step back to give time for the other characters. So I agree with you guys. I think we're pretty, we're kind of... You know, splitting hairs on you know who's got the lowest score type deal. You know, but I think overall, but that's we David. Like, so send all your hate. I know. To. Yeah, send it to me. <laughs> I'll deal with it. But no, I mean overall, it sounds like we all really like it, and, I, and we do. Um, you know, yep. the wives really liked it. Um, no, no complaints there. They they seem to really enjoy it as well. So, and everyone in the movie theater was locked in. <laughs> you know, it was so quiet in there. It was. It was a quiet place. I, I'm just going to let that one... I wanted to let that one sit for a second. Here's a, here's, a, here's a favor that I would like to ask of the audience. And this is a, a pretty much a practice I wish everybody would do anyways. Those candy boxes that have the cellophane wrapper, will you please open those during the trailers? Even if you don't start eating your candy, will you please open your cellophane during the trailers yeah. so I don't have to hear that during like the literally the quietest mo- the moment of the movie, yeah. I hear cellophane in my ear. I'm not even going to complain about that person because frankly around here, when I saw Quiet Place 1, it was raucous in that place even during the quietest moments. Like you can hear people going... <laughs> I wouldn't do it that way. And you're like, oh, gosh. Well, yeah, no, people were vocally well-behaved at this point. So in in comparison, I'm like, the cellophane didn't bother me, I guess. But but maybe in your case, your audience may be like... I I don't care if it's A Quiet Place or Avengers Endgame. Open your candy during the trailers. Thank you. I agree, actually. I think that's a good, good statement to have. So I'm with you. So, I mean, we kind of gave our scores. Mine's a seven. Yeah, I'm at an eight. Okay. Nine point five. Heck yeah, that sounds like a good, pretty good range for me. And uh, the uh, we discussed this earlier off the cast, but the third one's been greenlit. Yeah. And I'm honestly excited to see oh, yeah. how is it going to be the last one. I mean, I, I think this could be a, make a good trilogy. I think they could wrap it up in a trilogy. Yeah, I think they probably should. Oh, I don't think this one should more go and then stop for sure. Yes. Absolutely. Because um, I mean, you could argue that this one isn't isn't necessary, which is the same with any sequel. But I mean, it, it definitely made its case for it being necessary. It's a good film. Yep. A really strong one. I, I can't see anyone who liked the first one not liking this one and frankly i don't know of anyone who really didn't like the first one mm-hmm. so for that matter just go see the movie because you're probably gonna like it yep so 
the first trivia for listeners of the show when we did our blended rankings of the top 100 movies of the 2010s a quiet place came in blended at number 20 oh wow yeah that's pretty it's a pretty strong, strong film, film. Yeah. Uh, and i'm almost 100 percent sure i was the lowest on that list you were uh <laughs> Consi- uh, again, considerably i mean i like the movie I, again i think it, i really do think it's that that part of me that doesn't quite have the connection like like the rest of a lot of people do and that's fine so but no it's still a great movie i dug it a lot i think again just go see it you know go see it in the theater because uh, that right now it's the only way to do it unless you're yep. uh, pirate it which i think is a very big mistake yeah please scene. don't pirate this movie please go to theaters yeah, so at our theater, and, there was a lot of people there. Today oh yeah, for mm-hmm. Sunday afternoon. Oh yeah, definitely quite a few people. Um, sat sat a Sunday matinee. You know, good time, good, great theater. Festus B and B, check it out. It's good, good theater. Did you like it? Did your time at the yeah, B&B I Festus enjoyed State? it. Good deal. Yeah, they they, had, they even had beer. Pretty good, pretty good beer. It's a little, it was a little warm, a little but warm. But I mean, for the, the price, I mean, you're not going to beat that. At, uh, yeah, at it was cheaper than soda. Yeah, yeah, it was cheap. It was cheaper than the soda. So, <laughs> I wish I could have got unlimited refills, but can't have everything. I could. They offered a thirty-two ounce, which I think is high <laughs> for a beer. I know. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little bit concerned about people getting a hold of that one, unless you got a high tolerance. Some people going. Uh, I'm not saying. Obviously, we'll drink it responsibly, but I don't have a whole lot of faith in the rest of the. Uh, the rest of the people in the audience. If you come to Country Days with me next weekend, I'll show you how I do it. Because, <laughs> well, you pay like 6 or $10 for a pitcher of beer, and then they hand you a couple cups. Yeah. Well, I usually just push the cups back at them and yeah, just and take just the pitcher. Yeah, you just go out the pitcher, yeah. Yeah, that is what it is. That's a, good, that's a good thing about beer. If you're a beer liker, chances are some of the people around you don't because they don't have the taste for it. So you get all the beer, and you don't have to worry about people taking it from your fridge. And, you know, I understand why beer's not for everybody. I mean, there's plenty of beers that I just, I can't stand, so. You're not an IPA kind of guy. No. I am. I do like like good craft IPA. But either way, this isn't a beer podcast. Eventually, uh, we can can talk about it sometime. That'd be a a fun idea (laughs) for a bonus episode. That'd be a good one. But, you know, until next time, go see it in the theater. And that concludes our show. We hope you've really enjoyed it. If you did, don't forget to leave us a review. Find us on Facebook. But one of the most powerful ways that we can expand our audience and the show is for you to tell your friends about us. You know, if they love movies and you love movies, hopefully they love our podcast too. So we would love to hear uh, you spreading the word of our show to all of your friends. And uh, tell them about our community. If they have any questions about movies, we could save them some money on some of the bad ones and tell them what uh, maybe they should watch. Uh, But either way, until next time, we hope to see you all again.